This is Fullness of Life, discussing topics important to your life of faith and ways to grow in a life of grace. Join us each month as we inspire listeners to a deeper relationship with the Lord to live His fullness of life. Now, here's your host, Letty Medina. Hello, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life on 88.5 FM WSFI Antioch Catholic Radio. This month, I have the great pleasure of hosting my second child, Danielle Medina. Um, And Danielle, I've been wanting to have her come and share her story of her faith journey. She's a young woman, 24 years old, or almost 24 years old. Almost. Almost. And she um, works as a Catholic missionary. So she has a lot to share with our listeners about a young woman who has chosen to follow Christ in a very real way. So welcome, Danielle. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Danielle Medina. um, I've been working in Kansas City for the last two years, and so I'm home here for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'd love to share my story. It's funny because I was just listening to my sister's story, Rachel's story the other day. And I think it seems like the interesting stories are the ones where there's sort of like a rock bottom time or something like a 180 turnaround. And sometimes I feel like my story is a little bit boring because I don't really have that. But um, I've, I've heard once uh, we were having training one time and I heard that, you know, don't be afraid that your story is too boring because the most like important missionary in all of history, Mary, the Blessed Mother, she didn't have like a rock bottom. She was always super docile to the Lord. She always said yes, <laughs> but um, the Lord used her powerfully. So I'm not married, but I do have um, a, an awesome story where Jesus used me a lot and I'm excited to tell it. Wonderful. So I think it's really important for people to hear that because um, I agree that many people um, like you don't have to fall to the very bottom right. to come to know the Lord. So yeah. uh, why don't you share a little bit about just your, your young life and mm-hmm. how kind of we raised you and yeah. the faith that was given to you almost. Sure. Um, yeah. So you guys raised me very well, I would say, I think, uh, in the faith. And I also think that I was just sort of blessed with like a natural belief in the in God and in like the goodness of, of what it means to like follow God. And I went to a Catholic grade school and some of my friends would struggle with like falling away. And I would just be like, what is that? Why? (laughs) I just always knew that God was real and that it was like the greatest purpose to eventually follow him. I didn't always believe that I could do that though. (laughs) I I never, I think saints were something far off and I was like, yeah, sounds really good. seems like I should do that, but I don't think I actually have that in me to do. But I went through grade school and um, we started having the teen ministry and in seventh grade, I think before seventh grade, we went to, I went to my first Steubenville conference and that was just awesome. I think seeing so many young people on fire, um, worshiping freely really was just like, okay, this is real. People do this. And, but there was this one moment that I think was really pivotal where the speaker on the stage was like, all right, we were like praising. And he was like, um, all right, everybody stand up if you're ready to give your life to God. And I, and, I, and everyone just like, st- it seemed like everybody stood up. And I was like, like, give my life to God? Like, <laughs> like all the parts? That's a big... Yeah, and I just said, I no, I like, I'm quite aware that that's not something that I'm doing right now. And something I can't say yes to actually right now with with my heart. And, and I think I just kind of sat there. I, maybe I kneeled, I forget. And I just said, sorry, Lord, I, I'm not ready to do that, but, um, I don't know, maybe one day. And, 
And I think that kind of started this theme of just like honesty with God and just like, I ain't got it, but, but maybe you have something for me and, and maybe you can change me. And I think that it just like changed that into a prayer of like, I don't have it yet, Lord. Um, but I think that's so beautiful, yeah. right? That you mm-hmm. were able to be honest enough with yourself yep. to admit that you weren't ready. Right. And I think what I have seen uh, by going to many of those student retreats is sometimes the kids get caught up in the, you know, excitement of, oh, well, everybody, right. my friends are standing up and saying they're ready. And they stand up not because they're mm-hmm. ready, but because everybody else is doing it. So the yeah. fact that you didn't was a great grace yeah. in your life. I think so. That's beautiful. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, I think... I saw the speakers kind of encouraged, you know, they're like, how can we like live out this life? And they said, you know, let's start a habit of daily prayer. And how can we get rid of sin in our life and, you know, really surrender? And I think I just had this attitude of like, I think it's like a maturity thing. Like when I'm more mature and older, that's that's when I'll be able to do that. Um, But I know that just, yeah, praying that like, Lord, I'm not ready yet, but maybe I think, you know, St. Augustine said something like, I can't give up this yet, but one day. Right. Um, just like led the door ajar and that that's all the Lord needs for mercy to just like flow in and change your heart. So beautiful. He definitely did that. Um, I would remember thinking about going to like, I would like in freshman year, sophomore year of high school, thinking about college and what everybody was thinking about college. It's like, I just want to party it up. I want (laughs) all the boyfriends. I want to live it up and I wanted to go to a big party school. But as I continued to be involved in youth group and go on stupid retreats every summer, um, I just think slowly but surely the Lord changed my heart. And by my senior year, I could not imagine going anywhere else but a small, like Catholic faithful school. And so it, what I'm hearing you say is that you just kept showing up mm-hmm. and then the Lord did all the work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think and showing it like because it wasn't even like I was praying, like I didn't even have like a like a prayer life. But yeah, I think just like being drawn. I think the Lord. Yeah. He just kept pursuing me. And I and as long as I was like honest with him, like that sounds nice, Lord. I don't know if I have that yet. I think, yeah, he definitely. And, and having that little bit of, a, of an mm-hmm. openness in your heart, yeah. that slightly ajar door to your heart was, was enough. Yeah. The Lord will do whatever it mm-hmm. takes to make it, yeah, to, to sure. start the change that he wants to bring about in our lives. Yeah. So well, hear that. I hope our listeners hear that very clearly. You don't have to do a lot of work on your own. You have to, though, be willing to just be a little bit open mm-hmm. and then, allow the Lord to enter and really yeah. start changing us. Amen. So I was thinking about college and Rachel had kind of taken the first step and gone to Franciscan, this awesome college. And I visited and saw that environment of like a really kind of saturated, like a uh, faithful school. And, you know, there's like no way I was going to the same college as my sister. So <laughs> I talked to you mom and I was like, let's figure out somewhere else. That's kind of like that. Yes. And we found a couple schools and the one that really was the only like competitor, I think was Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. And I visited and it was beautiful. And I talked to people and they just seemed really faithful. And I said, let's do it. That's where I'm going. That's so awesome. Um, so I applied there and made it in. And um, I, it's funny because I just like as petty as my like, option like or my um my process in that was it was just like I think the Lord really used it because I know that he like had a lot for me there and he he was guiding me even then and just like Lord I kind of want to grow he was like okay yeah we're gonna grow and I'm gonna bring you where you need to be to do that amen so I went to Benedictine with sort of this purpose of this is it I'm gonna do the faith thing I got nothing else distracting me uh, you know high school things I, I'm growing up and this is the time and um 
and I got to Benedictine and for one thing I just kind of struggle to make friends in general I can be very isolating to myself and so I didn't have a, a, a group of people that I was like running with and then for another thing I just saw all these like crazy awesome students that were like praying a rosary every day and going to mass every day and just like uh, holy hour all the time and and I think I was really like kind of threatened by that I, I feel I think from the beginning I've just been really weak in discipline and sure staying committed to things and I saw that and I said okay is like that what is the requirement to be like a faithful person and then I was like because now like I can't do that and, right, right um I just kind of like shut that out and pushed away kind of all of that and people and um it was just like really indifferent and prideful and um, felt that the Lord was asking too much Um, but about after a couple months of really no growth in my faith and not a lot of friends Jesus was like well this is not no what I wanted for you and um, one day I was sitting alone in the cafeteria and this girl uh, Rachel she asked if she could sit with me and she explained she was a missionary with St. Paul's Outreach this organization on campus and they had a house a few blocks off campus. It was super cute. And they were having a study night with coffee and snacks. And we chatted for a while. She got my number and she was like, you should come. And I said, you know, snacks sound good. So <laughs> I said, let's go. And I went and it was just like an awesome, like cool environment, awesome house, cool people, awesome, like homemade snacks that really got me. And um, met a few girls. And there's really nothing like super faithful about the, like the context of it. It was just like, let's like hang out. And let's a like gathering. be, yeah, like. Let's just, like, meet people and have fun together. And the next day I was in choir class, and um, we were lined up for something for choir. And the girl right in front of me, I recognized her from the night before oh. being at that gather, like, yeah, that study night. And I'm just not at all the confrontational type or the outgoing type or the type to be like, oh, I know you. Like, explain who you are to me. But I, like, I feel like the Holy Spirit himself moved my hand and was just like, all of a sudden I was tapping her shoulder and being like, hey. <laughs> I know you. I like met you last night, and her name was Carly, and she became one of my dearest friends of Benedictine, um, and just like really like a sister that I walked with for the gift several of holy years. Yeah, <laughs> um, just like super close. So that was awesome. I think God really provided her as like a dear friend, and also someone to like get into this community of St. Paul's Outreach with, like as like, hey, you gonna go to Women's Night? Let's go together. So it was exactly what I needed. The Lord knew. And it's so beautiful because, again, what does the Lord do? He always gives us the people that we need to help us to journey towards him because Mm -hmm. we never journey alone. Yeah. Yep. So beautiful. So, yeah, he provided that particular friend. And also he was like, I don't don't want just like a couple friends. I want like a people for you. So he brought me to SPO, St. Paul's Aries. So SPO, they would do like these impromptu little hangouts. They'd have... Small groups of Bible studies, women's nights once a month, sort of like a content and worship night once a month, morning prayer, like retreats, all this stuff. And um, so all of a sudden I was like getting more involved in that. And then on top of that, Rachel, the missionary that had met with me that first day uh, in the cafeteria, um, she kept pursuing me as like a friend and she continued to reach, reach out to me. I remember she invited me to make she was like, hey, I want to make this cool DIY chalkboard with, like, an old frame that we get at, like, a thrift shop. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. Are you kidding? And so we – and that's still hanging up in the White House, the missionary house, How to this beautiful. day as a symbol of my conversion. Um, I but love anyways, it. Um, and we would just hang out and do fun things. And and I just remember just thinking, like, this girl's cool. She's, like, awesome. And I want to be her friend, and she wants to be my friend. 
and it was clear that she just cared about like wanted i remember i remember meeting her yeah the first time i came to campus to visit and you were so excited to introduce me to (laughs) her and i remember and when i met her i could see the Uh holy spirit alive in her yeah it was so clear that she was like brimming over with love and joy Mm -hmm. and beauty yeah it was neat she's awesome and so I can't remember how many weeks after, but eventually we were just hanging out at this coffee shop one day, normal, you know, and then all of a sudden she's like, so how's like your prayer life going? <laughs> and I said, oh, <laughs> you know, I don't really have one. <laughs> and it was so good. It was just like so clear. Like if anybody else would have asked me that, I would have been like, what the heck are you asking me for? Like, I don't know you. And right. super defensive because I, I was sensitive about that. And Yes. But she made it so clear that she loved me and like was my friend. And so I was able to say like, yeah, I struggle with that. I want that, but I don't know how to do that. And she began to walk with me and share advice and like, well, this is how I kind of do it. And, and this is how you can kind of be more open to God in that. And, and yeah, it was like, so what I needed to like open my heart up again to needing people in my life to grow and like to God. And it's interesting because I just heard a um, podcast with Father Michael Schmidt, and he was mm-hmm. talking exactly about that, mm. that when we are trying to share the Lord with others, we we can't just come at them with one yeah, no. like mission, like, hey, I'm here to help you mm-hmm. be saved. Like, right. no, you have to care about the whole person. You have to establish a relationship with that yeah. person yeah. and show the love that you have for them as a person mm-hmm. before you are able to even open the door to the talk of faith. Yeah, so totally. obviously Rachel was being led by the spirit. For sure. That's what works. Yeah. Yeah. And then another pivotal event that happened my freshman year was going on this retreat that SPO put on called Fin into Flame. And that's funny because if you listen to Rachel's story, she had a similar experience. Of, um, I forget what it was called. Flame spirit life in, the spirit life in the spirit something like that very similar setup and i got i think it's the way to go because it's this retreat that's particularly focused on culminating in this like yeah renewal of the holy spirit in your life yes and it's like it has all of those regular retreat aspects of like are you hurting like let's let's go to the lord with that or like what's something that you need from the lord let's like talk to him but in the end it's like okay let's have the spirit renewed in your life so that that can happen so that change can happen in your life and it's not just you but like the spirit like working in you yes and um i don't know if you've heard this analogy but they they talk about chocolate milk and how at confirmation we have the chocolate sauce added as the holy spirit given to us you know with all the gifts at our disposal uh, but if we don't engage it the spirit like become you know if we do not engage the spirit as an act in our lives, then chocolate sort of just like goes to the bottom. Yes. Then no longer mixed as one. But this, you know, thing called the renewal of the spirit or the baptism of the spirit kind of stirs it back up so that you are living again emboldened in the spirit and like can do what the Lord wants you to do. And so anyways, um, yeah, it's just awesome. And I went on this retreat and I really felt like nothing crazy particularly happened again, like pretty like subtle stuff in my life. I saw other people, they would like rest in the spirit or be like given the gift of like laughter and just like laugh. And I was like, nothing, no, that's happening to me. But I, I just remember praying like, Lord, I just want to be able to pray. And like, right. I, I want to grow. And beautiful. Um, it's funny because it wasn't until like years later, I feel like that I recognized, oh, I think that was like the point when the Lord like really unleashed like his grace upon me. And that next year was so anointed. So Beautiful. Um, I think that was a huge turning point. Holy Spirit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Need some of that. So 
as I continued to be involved and be just like totally fed by this community, eventually I said, you know what? Everything SVO does, I think I'm kind of all in because clearly like they've like changed my life. Like they are leading me to the Lord. Amen. I'm, I'm bought in. I get it. So they do this thing called the household program, each of the campuses that they're at. And it's kind of for the students that are quite like invested in the community, clearly want more, want to take their faith to the next level. Um, Carly was also sort of at that point with me and we're like, you know what, we're going to apply. So my sophomore year, I got in and I lived in household and my life was just like super changed by it. Um, so a household consists of like a few different commitments. We have like morning prayer at 7 a.m. a few days of the week. We have household dinner twice a week, you know, chores and commitments every every week. But I think the biggest thing is that, you know, the women that are living in this house, they want to like live their faith out every day. They want to grow in it. And they want to do that by like choosing each other and helping each other to choose Christ. And it was just crazy. This like, it was like, I, I like lived my life before and I would just like talk about God on Sundays or like every once in a while in class or like in conversation. But like, this was like, no, you're living in your faith. Like Amen. there's no point when you're out of it. It's not on or off. And it was, uh, it was just, yeah, I just didn't realize you could live that way. And it was so beautiful. Crazy. And, and yeah. basically what it is, is, you know, <clears throat> Jesus himself says, I'm the way, the truth and the life, right? Mm-hmm. He is the way. Yeah. And so if we live in him, he will lead everything, everything for sure in our lives. Yeah. So beautiful. Um, and it was also this year, my sophomore year that my prayer life really began because I saw these women around me that were like either my grade or perhaps a grade or two older. Um, but they were like my friends and they were cool. I like admired them. They seemed really quite normal and like me and they would get up every morning and spend some time in prayer. And I saw that and I said, okay, well then, yeah, I think I can do that. Maybe I can do that now that I see it lived out and in this really normal way. And they were so authentic in their prayer. And so it really, you know, my prayer life began that year. But more than that, it was really the year I began to recognize Jesus as a person in my life. And that he was active in my life and desired an intimate relationship with me. (laughs) And um, that was it. Yeah, that (laughs) that changed everything. And it's funny because my life, I would say, like, from the outside, it looks like, oh, yeah, steady progression. She, like, grew in her faith more and more seriously. She matured. But... I think that this was a point that most closely resembles sort of that like 180, that inner 180. Because I remember, I forget, I was looking for the exact quote, but I think it's from The Joy of the Gospel. And I think Pope Francis says like, we need to really believe that like there's a total difference between someone who knows Jesus, like or a life lived knowing Jesus and, and not knowing Jesus. And, and I remember that all the time because I know the difference. Like it's really, truly like I was asleep and and then I knew Jesus and I was awake. And so, yeah, that sophomore year changed everything and to to know him changes everything. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been a a wonderful first part of our show. Um, It's time for a, a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life.
The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Grigas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters, and families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices, and we invoke Mother Mary also in all the saints in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners and may they be broken in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit may he send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them and may our Mother Mary place her motherly mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall Amen Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life. And I'm sitting here with my second daughter, Danielle Medina, who is sharing a bit about her journey of faith. And right now we're hearing about her college years and how she became a Catholic missionary. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of left off in my sophomore year. Um, and after that, I kept kind of seeing some steady looking progression. But so I lived in a household my sophomore year and I helped like a small group, got more involved, helped with retreats. Um, but at Benedictine, they do this Florence study abroad program and um, you do a semester study abroad. And I had really been set on doing that my junior year. I said, that's exactly what I want to do. And so that's what I was planning on doing my first semester junior year leaving for Florence. But then the missionaries approached me and said, Danielle, we know you were wanting to go to Florence, but we would actually love for you to lead one of the households next year and stay back and lead. Okay, and let me just insert here as her mother, <laughs> how much Danielle wanted to go to Florence. So much. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to go. And I just recall this as one of the first moments that I was like really able to go to the Lord and truly say, Lord, like, I do. I want what you want for me. And I know that I'd personally like to go to Florence and have some gelato on some, you know, Italian cobble streets. But but I actually, like, I know in my heart that the best thing for me is what you want from me, Lord, and, and so help me to discern And that. that was, to me, when I saw yeah. you make that decision, I knew the Lord had you completely. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay. wow, Lord, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and so I just kind of prayed about that and felt that the Lord said that he had more for me in household and staying back. So... So let's sign me up. My junior year, I led a household. And if I learned anything that year is that 
he truly chooses the weak to lead the strong. I mean, I, <laughs> Amen my to goodness. that. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, praise him. I just remember looking around at one point and just being like, there's literally no doubt I am like the weakest person in this household, the biggest sinner. There's no doubt. Um, <laughs> but I think that I just came to realize that because I was such like a gosh darn sinner that I I had to go to confession all the time. And I just like I had to like realize the Lord's like merciful love for me every other day. And like, yeah. I think I was just really blessed with this reliance on the Lord and and it became kind of a strength um, in itself. And so that was an awesome, humbling, really great year. And at the end of it, I was thinking about what classes I want to take my senior year and I was calculating it and realized, shoot, I could graduate, you know, in one semester <laughs> and um, could graduate a semester early. And, and this actually meant that I could apply to be an SPO missionary for that next year. You can do the same. You can be a part-time missionary the first semester while you're finishing up and then stay on that campus as a full-time missionary. And it's funny because, again, it just goes to show how the Lord will slowly change your heart if you let him. Because my freshman year, I remember like telling you about SPO mom and you were like, this sounds awesome. And you're right. like, do you ever think you would want to be a missionary? And I said, heck no. I remember that. <laughs> I said, that's definitely not what I do. I I'm the opposite of what they need. I am so introverted. I'm shy. I'm bad at talking to people. There's no way. Yes. And, um, but my junior year, literally that moment when I realized that I could be a missionary the next year, my response was, yeah, of course, that's what I want to do. That is everything that I want to do. And that's so amazing. Yeah. So, okay, I want to just insert right here. So for, for those of you who are listening, this is a, a beautiful witness about Danielle recognizing that in her weakness, in her sinfulness, God still wanted to use her, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the truth for all of us, that we're yeah. all weak, that we're all sinners. And thank goodness, he doesn't rely on our strengths <laughs> to get what his mission accomplished because nothing would ever get accomplished, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are sitting there and struggling with doubting your own call to serve the Lord, because of your struggle with sin, because of your own uh, tendency to fall, whatever it is, trust. Here's this 23, Mm -hmm. almost 24-year-old young woman who is proclaiming truth to you all. And that is that he really does use our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And and it's because his strength is, it it, it comes through that weakness. And it shows that it's him alone that gets Mm -hmm. anything done (laughs) in the spiritual realm. And praise God for that. Yeah. I, I, I really hope you're listening to this because this is so important. Let it be heard. Super important. But, yeah. And I, it's kind of funny. I, maybe some people relate to this, but it really wasn't like all of a sudden I was super zealous and was like, I need to share the gospel. I've got what it takes, like like a burning help to share, pe- like to help people that maybe want to be a missionary. It was really actually a, just a thirst in myself to continue to be poured into by this community and this way of life. And just like a super awareness that I, I still needed like a lot of support in my faith journey and that the Lord was saying, yeah, you can be supported and also you can give. And this is how I want you to do that. Yeah. And you know, you just said uh, this way of life, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So again, it's like you were drawn into this beautiful community where you recognized that there were a group, there was a group of people who lived out their faith in yeah. community. Yeah. And it was such a, I remember watching this and I, you know me, right? Like I'm, 
I, I cry easily. <laughs> and I would come visit Danielle in her household and yeah. I would just be moved to tears mm-hmm. by the beauty of what I witnessed in this community of both young women and young men. But, so this is a perfect lead in. So can you share with the listeners a little bit more about what St. Paul's Outreach really is? Yeah. So St. Paul's Outreach, um, so they're, they're an organization that does college campus outreach. And so they started in Minnesota sometime in the 80s, I want to say. And now they're across the nation with these official chapters at like 14 different campuses across the nation. We're like, we're at Arizona, Texas, Ohio, Minnesota, Kansas. Um, so New, all Jersey, New Jersey, Florida. Boston. Yeah, Florida. Um, and what they, so SPO just really strives, I think kind of the logo is like to build transformational communities that live deep relationship and they live deep relationship with God and with each other. And, um, they have six cares and values. Um, they have community on mission, brotherhood and sisterhood, relational evangelization, renewal in the Holy spirit, wholehearted worship and formation to Christian maturity. So I think, yeah, I like listed it earlier, all those things they do. They do the women's nights, the retreats, small groups, everything. But the biggest thing is this like, we want to plant, like we want to build communities on campus because the biggest like issue on college campuses and young adult life is loneliness like yes. people are lonely and they don't know how to be in relationship and with other people and and that is like what's cutting them off from god because god is god is relationship god is love and um so really saint paul's outreach goal is to, to you know solve that issue of loneliness and bring about community so that if you are coming to the Lord, you actually have a group of people that are running with you to help you to do that. Yeah. And for SPO, it really doesn't end there because, um, you know, the goal is to like reach people who haven't quite found their faith, but it doesn't stop it. It also, you know, one of the charisms is formation to Christian maturity, like really reaching maturity in our faith. And they say that like, you're really not done evangelizing someone really ever, but but you're not done, quote unquote, until they are on mission themselves. And so I, you know, would I got into this community my freshman, sophomore year, and all these like students um, that I was running with by our senior year, it was so cool. I remember all of us like graduating and I, and like they went down the line and said, okay, everybody say what you're doing. And like almost all, like probably 75% of them were like, I'm going to go be a missionary here. I'm going to go work in ministry here I'm like gonna go to this new country and be a nurse like I think SPO really supports um it's a goal to support people beyond college years and really set them up in a foundational like if you're gonna go go find community if you're gonna go somewhere go make sure that you're in a way of life that supports you continuing to grow in your deep relationship with Jesus and um and yeah so I think obviously that example is found in me I like finished college and I was like no I definitely need more of this I'm gonna stick actually with just SPO and be a missionary with them um you found your people yeah I I, I think it is <laughs> and I hope to keep finding the people that the Lord has for me so when you sign up to be a missionary you're put on a team of a few men and a few women missionaries and a, and a male and a female chapter leader and it's awesome because they really the model of like being on mission is basically like you're reaching these students, you're going out and you know having these one on ones, like Rachel found me, but but being a missionary really means like building up a community like with your staff first and foremost, and then, and like even before that like the men and the women in their separate households, and then as a you know staff, and then as like the student leaders, we're all like. A, we're a family, we're like growing together. And then from that 
from like the outpouring of just being an abundant community that's that's how we like reach people because and, it's so attractive and yeah. and doesn't that sound just like what happened oh. in the acts of oh, the apostles <laughs> <laughs> yeah we i remember reading that one time and uh i think my sophomore year i read like they ate together they shared the, you know things together and i was like that's what i'm doing right now like household <laughs> is like really modeled after like sharing your life together eating together celebrating you know sunday together um beautiful and, and the mission outpours from really the Lord has abundant life for us. And, and that's what the mission. Amen. So yeah, it's awesome. Um, so I served that first year as I finished up at Benedictine and then, um, I was sent an hour away to Kansas city. There's a chapter there, um, at a community college and then another college. So two colleges and I served there for the next two years. Um, and that was awesome. I think I was kind of scared going to a new place, but, the Lord just like totally, I, I can't, can't imagine having been anywhere else. I know that the Lord really had me there for a reason. Um, and now I, I've just, this past year I was just starting like, okay, what do I want to do? Do I want to not do SBO? That'd be crazy. Do I want to do something else? Or, uh, you know, I felt my, my heart was kind of changing in terms of what it desired in that. And, but I think the Lord was like, actually, I'd like for you to be a chapter leader, um, and help. I think my big, one of my biggest passions is helping to, like really caring for fellow missionaries. Um, I think I love reaching out to students. I love helping them grow, but, but I think really helping my fellow missionaries and like caring for them in, in this like life of mission and life of living in household, um, is something that I I really love. And so being a chapter leader would really help with that. Um, and the Lord said, I'd love you for you to do that back at Benedictine, back at our alma mater. So now I'm going back there to Kansas this next year. And it's just been crazy. I've just like walked with these incredible students in these past three years. I've seen the Lord work in incredible ways. And and really more than anything, I've been just constantly pursued by God. Amen. And in just like one of the most supportive environments to be able to do that. Because I think the thing about being called to be a missionary is that, you know, it's like the special call to serve and to give of yourself. It is. It's true. But really more than that, I, I truly at like the core of that call is that the Lord that, you know, he's calling you to be in a deep relationship with him. Yes. He's like calling you to be in this special time to just be poured into by him. And like, I, you know, you think about these like mission trips that people go on, they like go to these crazy places and they're like, you know, ready to like help build houses, help, you know, help these people. And they come back and they say, actually, I think I was the one who received the most. I Amen. was the one who changed and this is so true. It's just he, when he's calling us to be a missionary, it's because he wants us really near to him. Mm-hmm. And what better way to do that than to like just walk in his footsteps and to try to share the gospel and to enter into his community and have every day be about him. And it was, it's been a healing and transformational couple of years. And I've just seen the Lord yeah, do a lot of crazy things. So beautiful, Danielle. And, you know, I hope again that our listeners are really hearing what she's sharing, right? That the Lord, number one, calls all of us. Mm-hmm. He calls all of us first and foremost into relationship with himself. Yeah. And it is only through that relationship, that lived out relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we can then serve mm-hmm. to become attractive disciples that can bring others to him and yeah. can share the good news 
through that love that we have with him. Mm -hmm. It flows out of us. And we really, we don't do much other than let him work through us. I've like had that thought a couple of times, like, it's too late now. I'm a bit too far gone, I think. (laughs) And if I ever feel like, oh, I, I could like, yeah, fall at any point to just like my old life. There's no way. Like he's like, I know him now and I like, I can't n- not know him again. And, and yeah, even if I mess up, I know that he wouldn't let me get too far without, again, pursuing me, really. Yes, that's strongly. so beautiful. Well, that's a perfect segue. It's time for a short commercial break, but don't go away because the last segment of this show, Danielle's going to talk about her favorite topic of divine mercy and how available it is to all of us. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Michelle Schaefer. Envision spending a week on the tranquil grounds of the University of St. Mary of the Lake, where you can pray, reflect, and learn more from the rich treasures of the Bible. An invitation for all to experience the annual Summer Scripture Conference at the University of St. Mary of the Lake Mundelein Seminary. Notable scripture scholars from across the United States will present this year's program focusing on interpreting scriptures in the church. The Summer Scripture Conference will be held Sunday through Friday, June 21st to the 26th. For registration and information, visit our website at www.summerscripture.org or call 847-837-4575. Come and sense the rhythm of worship, study, and relaxation. This conference offers spiritual renewal and inspiration with a community who are passionate for the Word of God. Hello, I'm Father James Kubicki, the U.S. Director of the Apostleship of Prayer, and I ask you to support Catholic Radio in your area because Catholic Radio is the way that we can get the word out today. It's Catholic evangelization at its best, and I've heard conversion stories all over the place because of people who have tuned in as they're driving or in their homes, listening to Catholic Radio by accident, and the Lord touching their hearts through the message they heard. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life, and I'm here with my daughter, Danielle Medina, and we've been talking primarily about her um, last several years as a Catholic missionary for St. Paul's Outreach. Uh, But this last segment of the show, we kind of want to get into her love of the divine mercy and how the Lord kind of led her to a deeper understanding of his mercy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... um... I think I've alluded a couple of times while I've been talking here that my weakness was kind of a big part of my whole journey, just like accepting it and 
and believing that the Lord was bigger than it, I think. Um, and it, it just kind of kept coming up. My weakness just kind of, I kept running into it. Going to Benedictine, you know, particularly because, again, I saw these really holy, capable, disciplined people and feeling like, I am not cut from the same cloth of these people. What is, you know, what is the difference? And and then being in missionary work, even more so, seeing like these on fire, disciplined, um, hardworking people and again, like seeing them saying, I, why do I feel like I do not have all of this to give? Um, but, but the, again, I, like I kept feeling that the Lord was calling me and I was like sure of that at least. And, and that the Lord still, um, had a lot for me. So I, I kind of wrestled with this idea for a while that the Lord <clears throat> surely wants to grow me and he wants to make me new, but I just, wherever I looked, I just kept seeing my weakness, kept running into it. And I, I began to wonder whether the Lord you know, didn't want to just change me, but like, I knew I was like, I know he wants to meet me where I'm at. Like, I, I feel that that's what he's like saying to me and that, um, yeah, that he had something special in that to say to me. So this all kind of came to a front one day, my junior year of college. Um, I was reading, I was about halfway through Father Michael Gately's 33 Days to Merciful Love. Highly recommend, super good. Um, <clears throat> and it was stirring a lot in my heart and just calling up my name, I felt like, and um, it, it, it always, it keeps referring to, you know, do you feel like you're a little one? Cause you know, that's who he's speaking to. And I was like, yeah, yes I do. Um, uh, but one day I was in a theology class and we were talking about heaven and hell and specifically talking about these different theories of how many people like might actually be going to hell. And they mentioned like, you know, this theologian, um, Balthazar, he wrote, dare we hope that all men are saved. Like we, we hope that most people actually are going to heaven, but then others consider that possibly, actually truly very few people make it into heaven. And this really like roused my attention when they mentioned this, like some people think that. And I just thought, no, no, there's no way that that's true. And um, a student asked the professor like, well, what do you think of this? And he was in no way confirming like, yeah, it's definitely true and barely anybody gets into heaven. But he was, he just kind of said, yeah, we don't know. But Jesus didn't say that the gate was small and the road was narrow like without a reason. And I think this like the, the, the even possibility of like this submission to a pessimistic view of, of like what the Lord is like ready to do for us. Like this lack of hope that I felt was in that statement just broke my heart and like, like told, I don't know, it got to me. And for the rest of the class, I was just in tears. Luckily I'm good at crying very quietly. Um, <laughs> but I just sat there and was just like, if that is true, then I, uh, well, first of all, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> then second of all, this is like not who I thought the Lord was. Um, and I went, luckily I went straight to adoration. One of the days that I was able to get myself to prayer and I prayed and I journaled and was just distraught. And I, yeah, I just kept kind of kept praying that like, Lord, this is not who I thought, who I thought I knew you to be. And, um, you know, I just, I, of course, think it's important to acknowledge the reality of hell and the reality of evil and the reality that people do reject God and that we need to fight that. But there, I think there's just like always been something within me that like, even like when he formed me that, that like, I need to breathe. I like, I needed to hope that the Lord's goodness and mercy Amen. is always doing everything it can to prevent us being lost. Yes. And for someone to like, be like, what? Like they weren't saying that, but 
any sort of language about the opposite was like, no, 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 no. Cause then uh, again, I'm not going to make it. Yes. Um, yeah. And so that part of me, I think was like begging for him to, the Lord to speak to me. And I went ahead to read that day's reflection from 33 days to merciful love. And that day he was talking about St. Therese and, um, St. Therese was like listening to these other sisters and they were like discussing that they're afraid of purgatory. And she replied, you do not have enough trust. You have too much fear before the good God. I can assure you that he is grieved over this. You should not fear purgatory because of the suffering there, but should instead ask that you not deserve to go there in order to please God, who so reluctantly imposes this punishment. As soon as you try to please him in everything and have an unshakable trust, he purifies, he purifies you every moment in his love and he lets no sin remain. And then you can be sure that you will not have to go to purgatory. And this, I think, ruffled a couple of feathers in the comment for, <laughs> for St. Therese. But I read this in my heart. I was just like, I f- like, just began to soar because I, I knew if we not, if we need not fear purgatory, if the Lord so reluctantly imposes purgatory upon us, how much more should like, should we hope that, and just like, should our hope just like withstand any fear of hell? Amen. And I felt really deeply in that moment that the Lord was speaking and really almost saying like, Yes, Danielle, you are right to trust in my mercy and you are right to hope in me. And and I think that was really when this great hunger and thirst for the Lord's mercy in my life was just kind of unleashed. And I just wanted to read about it and talk about it and and eventually like really live live this. Okay, I, you know, let me just insert a couple of comments here. So for any listeners who don't um, really understand the purgatory mm-hmm. situation in a nutshell, as Catholics, um, we believe that when souls die, if they are not in a perfect state of grace and if they have not um, perfectly uh, paid their dues for the sins they've committed throughout their life, then they're going to have to spend a time in this place called purgatory, which is, it means you have been saved. You are saved. You're on your way to heaven, but you're not pure enough yet to be able to go face to face with God where he is living in heaven. So um, it is one of the, you know, uh, teachings of the Catholic Church. But it's, uh, again, a struggle for a lot of people to understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's so beautiful, Danielle, that you, again, God gave you exactly what you needed that day Mm -hmm. when you were in such a state of turmoil internally. Yeah a little bit fearful, a little bit overwhelmed, going, mm-hmm. Lord, no, no, it can't be that you're <laughs> no, that harsh, you know? Yeah. And and he reassured you through these beautiful words that, mm-hmm. no, I really don't want to send anyone mm-hmm. to purgatory if I can help it, right? Yeah. I love people. I want to bless their lives. Yeah. So yeah. beautiful. The way that he speaks in that, like, gentle voice is, like, the way that I've, yeah, I've just, like, been attracted to... I think this is how he speaks and he does, you know, he does, you know, speak in a, um, I don't know, challenging way sometimes to us when we need it. But, right. but that voice of mercy is like something that he's been speaking to and be like, listen to this voice because, cause I'm guiding you with it. Amen. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. So it wasn't until my senior year when I was beginning work as a missionary, uh, and I was more than ever really put just like face to face with my weakness, just like in the work and in my relationships, I was just like, well, I just don't have a lot to give here. Um, really continue to struggle with consistent prayer actually with sin. And, um, but I, I couldn't articulate it then, but I just think I was really longing to just be known at like, as I was, as this really 
weak person and have just all of these, you know, cracks and everything. The, the parts that are missing me just filled with his mercy. Yes. And um, so something, probably the Lord, made me pick up <laughs> Diary of St. Faustina uh, near the end of that first semester to read over winter break. And I remember leaving for break as sort of just like, okay, yeah, I'm a weak, but I'm a hopeful Christian. Like, I'm, I'm doing okay, but I'm pretty weak. That's, that's who I am. And that despite, it was like this attitude of despite who I was, the Lord still wanted me. I knew mm. that. But, but after reading some of this book, I returned and I just, I saw everything through a different lens. I was weak, but all of a sudden my weakness was like fuel for the Lord's love for me. And my weakness was helping me to lean on God. And I hadn't really grown in discipline, but I had grown in like total confidence and trust in the Lord. Um, I think some people really struggle to read St. Faustina's diary. I think partly for how it's written, it's really thick. Um, but I just ate up those pages because you know, the Lord, he just says a lot of crazy stuff in that book. I recommend you read it because it's the Lord speaking often. And I just remember reading it from, um, from, you know, just the beginning and really just not being able to hold back laughter and like, just like a smile that I couldn't keep down. I would like leave the chapel and just be smiling and be like, this is nuts. I'm crazy. But the things that the Lord says to St. Faustina is really just groundbreaking. I think, um, to me and it could be to a lot of people. And I, yeah, I remember reading and looking around, literally, like, truly looking around at people and being like, do people know that the Lord has said this? Like, do people <laughs> know, like, actually who the Lord is? And I was like, maybe they don't. Like, some people don't, I think. They think they know, but yes. they don't actually know the extent of the Lord's love for them. Amen. So, yeah, I'd love to share a few excerpts. I think that would be great. Okay. Um, so one time, St. Faustina was writing about the Lord's mercy, uh, as he instructed her to do. And she was writing and she wondered whether she had written maybe too much or over-exaggerated. And he replied, My daughter, do you think that you've written enough about my mercy? What you've written is but a drop compared to the ocean. I am love and mercy itself. There is no misery that could be a match for my mercy. Neither will misery exhaust it. Because as it is being granted, it increases. The soul that trusts in my mercy is most fortunate because I myself take care of it. And that is, I mean, that is so true. That's the most powerful call to each one of you who's listening, who might be struggling with, but I'm too big of a sinner. Mm -hmm. Nonsense. (laughs) The Lord, the Lord says, the greater the sinner, the more I have to give you because I am love and mercy itself. Yeah. So beautiful. Um, At one point, St. Faustina herself wrote, let no one doubt concerning the goodness of God. Even if a person's sins were as dark as night, God's mercy is stronger than our misery. One thing alone is necessary. We talked about this earlier, that the sinner set ajar the door of his heart, be it ever so little, to let in a ray of God's merciful grace, and then God will do the rest. And then the last excerpt I want to share is again Jesus speaking. And he says, My heart overflows with great mercy for souls. If only they could understand that I am the best of fathers to them, and that it is for them that the blood and water flowed from my heart, is from a fountain overflowing with mercy. For them I dwell in the tabernacle as the king of mercy. I desire to bestow my graces upon souls, but they do not want to accept them. Oh, how indifferent are souls to so much goodness, to so many proofs of love. They have time for everything, but they have no time to come to me for graces. So I turn to you, you chosen souls. Will you also fail to understand the love of my heart? And he just says this stuff just like over and over again through yeah. his diary. This like, pl- this begging that, that his heart be known. 
the truth of his love be known um and that people are overlooking it they, they like can't understand it and yeah that i have so much goodness and mercy and love to pour out to people but they they don't believe it they don't hope for it they exactly. don't they don't think they deserve it or they don't think yeah they can do without it or whatever and and he wonders who will come for me by hoping in me by trusting in me by receiving and asking for more because yes. i want to pour out and i just read these and and I just, I was shaking. Like, <laughs> I just, I would read these words and I knew that like, my life was shifting because not only was he saying my weakness, like, doesn't get in the way of his love, not even a little bit, but even more, my weakness was the ladder by which he had, like, that he had given me to make my way to him. He knew me. He, he made me. He formed me this way. He called out my name so clearly in these words and he'd formed me so, you know, especially to receive this message of mercy. And now, as I read these words, I knew I like I had a purpose and a mission greater than any job or even any vocation. I would, you know, receive that no matter what I was meant to receive and proclaim the Lord's mercy. So beautiful. And more than ever, people need to hear this message of mercy. I do believe that this this devotion that St. Faustina was given by our Lord is one of the most powerful, effective um, ways for people's hearts to really open to mm -hmm. God's love and mercy in a time when so many have gotten kind of confused about who God is and, and yeah. where he is in all the mess of this world, right? Mm -hmm. And yet he's right there saying, turn to me, open your heart just a little and I will flood you yeah. with my grace. Yep. Praise mm -hmm. God. Oh, that's amazing that you, yeah. that you were saturated you were Just. you were doused <laughs> yeah. it was like his heart was uh -huh. pouring down grace upon you yeah as you read this book mm -hmm. so beautiful mm -hmm. yeah thank Incredible. you lord so i i returned so that was the the winter break between my like last semester at school and like and then my full time missionary work at benedictine and i returned to school with just this just on fire and i was like yeah sure i'm a missionary but even more that you know more than that i was now a disciple of mercy and yeah. and this didn't i remember actually like going to my supervisor and saying here's the deal <laughs> like <laughs> i know that this is my job but this is actually what i'm doing and i had like had to tell her and, and she's like that sounds great and and i this obviously did not take away from what i was doing but only helped yeah like everything um i would like just with so much peace i would like try to reach people and and maybe i'd fail but i was at peace because i just knew i like knew that the lord is with me and and I just had so much fervor all of a sudden to share about my weakness and to proclaim like, you know, these students would come up to me and be like, yeah, I'm like just really struggling. And I'm like, praise, praise God. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was so ready. And like, it was so easy to tell these students, like, you're in a great spot. You got a lot to receive. Like, he's going to pour so much into you. And they'd be like, what? Really? <laughs> like, yeah, I can tell you like firsthand. And um, yeah, it was, it was really easy to do it. And I just committed my life to this confidence and just trust in the Lord. And I know that um, even just by like living in this way, living in trust and confidence that the Lord is reaching souls more through me than, you know, before. Exactly. So, well, yeah. I mean, that's a powerful witness again to how God has just over time taken you deeper and deeper into understanding his love, right? Mm -hmm. His love and mercy and his willingness to work through you despite all the weaknesses like that we all have. Mm -hmm. And um, and you pro you're proclaiming it boldly here on the radio. <laughs> so beautiful. Good. Thank you so much for coming and, and sharing this. So yeah. what, what, any final words for our listeners before yeah. we end? Sure. Um, I think I just really implore anyone that's listening 
and is somewhat intrigued by these things that I'm saying, um, to kind of just ask the Lord to reveal like the truth of his heart to you and the truth of his mercy. Um, I think he has a lot to share with us that we're just like, we just don't even know about. And, and I just like, all I know, like I say this to myself that all I know is that the Lord is just so much greater than we could even hope for, like that we could fathom ever his mercy and goodness and love. They just swallow up everything. And I think St. Therese or I think St. Faustine even said that like, just as a drop in the ocean, his mercy just swallows up like our misery. And, and to live with that truth, like always in my mind, I'm just like, how can I help but live with profound peace? And like, how can I help but to experience joy even in suffering? Like, I know that the Lord is good and I know that he's bringing everything into his mercy and, and making it all for our good. And I think that this disposition is kind of best visualized. I've always loved the the image of um, Saint John, the the disciple, the beloved disciple, um, resting, reclining on the Lord. And I think it's kind of a similar image of this way of mercy, where we're just we're resting on Him, and our ear is to His heart. That's where we want to be. Like no matter what, well, I just want to know what the Lord wants for me and, and how his heart is beating for me. Amen. And cause then we only, we just grow in knowledge of his love for us. And, and I think in our ability to love him back and as weak as we are, we get to lean on him and say, Lord, I don't got a lot, but this is what I have to give as you know. <laughs> and, and the Lord says, awesome, let me do it. I delight to do it. I delight to help my children and like all the more will the Lord be glorified in our weakness and and all the while I get to just remain resting on him and I just really think it's the answer to um yeah to the tired the tiredness of like hearts out there that the Lord wants to bring us rest and he wants to console us with his mercy and he wants us to know the truth of his love wow powerful words (laughs) thanks (laughs) (laughs) you can imagine my mother's heart is full right now and Mm -hmm. I just again I want to thank you for having the courage and the willingness to come on the show and Mm -hmm. share your beautiful journey with us and the listeners. And I am confident that there are people out there who needed to hear exactly what you shared today. Mm -hmm. And one final thing, like if people wanted to learn a little bit more about um, St. Paul's Outreach is website, Mm -hmm. just spo.org. That's simple. Easy to remember. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again and um, bless you as you go forward into this next year as Mm -hmm. chapter leader. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. This is Letty Medina, 88.5 WSFI Catholic Radio. And until we meet again, I'm wishing you all this fullness of life. Bye. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Pizza Dulcedo, Et Spes Nostra Salve, Ate Clamamus, Exules Filiebe, Ate Suspiramus, Gementes et Flantes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Ega ergo, advocata nostra, illus tuos misericordes oculos, 
Virgo Maria.